Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, and a good Saturday afternoon to you. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Saturday, what is today? The Today's 8th of February. The Ocho, Ocho Febrero. Ocho Sombrero. <laughs> you are so multilingual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do it in Chinese? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, today's program, we're going to talk with uh, the co-host of a new podcast coming up. It's on the Western genre, and uh, by golly, this town is big enough for all of us. Uh, Paul Bishop is our guest from the Six Gun Justice podcast. Paul, welcome. Thanks. It's great to be uh, on the air with you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. You know, I like I was saying just before we came on. Uh, this is, I'm almost speechless in a way because there's just so much great information about you and where to start and what to talk about. I do, <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about uh, one thing, and that is the new Six Gun Justice. I listened to the preview uh, podcast and I was thoroughly impressed. And I also have to add that. I almost feel like I, I know you because you're almost like a mirror. Uh, I grew up, up I'm a few years ahead of you, but uh, I had a stepdad that every every uh, weekend he would go to go down to the drugstore and buy just about one of every of the men's magazines, which, of course, I got secondhand, but I read them all cover to cover. <laughs> and Oh, my, yeah. And my mom was... Uh, she was a, a pulp detective fan, and I read all of those secondhands. I mean, I grew up on Shel Scott, and I, and I just love that genre. And I know you're very passionate about it. So, this, this I am, funny. and and you know, uh, if this had been ten years ago when I was doing a podcast, it probably would have been a mystery podcast, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a hard-boiled detective podcast. But uh, my tastes have a tendency to vary and change over time, and. And uh, I really started getting into the Western genre about, uh, I guess, about 10 years ago, um, really immersing myself in it. And it, is, it has become my, uh, my favorite genre of all time. I'm just having a blast uh, doing this stuff. Well, I, I, I've started something. In fact, you're kind of our, our, my first guinea pig for it. I started a Voices of the West tally book of outstanding people, places, events, i.e. movies, books, actors, authors, artists. And so being my first guinea pig, I would like to find out somebody in any of those fields, but only one, that is outstanding to you. Are you talking about authors that I think are outstanding in any of those fields? Uh, uh, movies, outstanding movies, outstanding Western events or historical events. Uh, books, okay. or whatever art, you know, artists. If you like painters, you know that kind of so, stuff. It's yeah, I mean movies. I, I have to say, uh, my top three: uh, Magnificent Seven, uh, The Wild Bunch, and and uh, The Professionals. Mm -hmm. He can stay. And I, yeah, <laughs> and I think The Searchers is in there too. Um, with with novels, um, I think if I go back to the the early guys, probably Frank O'Rourke. Mm -hmm. um and and 
and then John Benteen, who did the Fargo series. Right. That is, is by far my favorite Western series. Yeah. Mm. And uh, television shows, um, I'm looking at probably uh, Wanted, Dead or Alive, and uh, uh, Rawhide. Interesting. You know, that would be a good segue to talk about your 52 Western series. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'll let um, you go for The 52 it. Western series, uh, you know, most things Western these days are a labor of love, and that certainly was. Um, my friend uh, Scott Harris, who's a, a uh, Western novelist in his own right, does very well. Uh, we we had this idea about if you were to read one Western a week, you know, what would mm-hmm. be the 52 Westerns that you would read during a year? And so we came up with this concept of 52 weeks, 52 Western novels, and we said, okay, we're going to have 600-word essays about not just, you know, the synopsis of the story, but why that story is important to the individual person who's writing the essay. So we reached out to a bunch of our Western writers and reading friends, and uh, they jumped on board with us. Unfortunately, uh, my buddy Scott uh, has a marketing company, and he was willing to absorb the cost of doing all the layout and design and that kind of stuff. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been possible. And what we ended up with was this kind of a very different reference book. There are, because we had so many, you know, Scott and I did about 18 each, and and then the rest were filled in by our our friends, there's this diverse books from really well-known books to books that people are mostly unaware of. Mm -hmm. So new fans could come to this and find things that, that uh, you know, introduce them to the genre. And other hardcore fans could also read this and go, oh, I didn't know about that book. Oh, I remember that. I want to read that again. <laughs> and that was our goal. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah. we did the books first and then movies, and then we finished up uh, the trilogy with uh, 52 weeks, 52 TV, Western TV shows. Well, you know, one of the things I like about that and your take and the way you approach these is that it's not about the best or the greatest or the most wonderful. It's about books that pleased you or movies that pleased you. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of you know, a lot of these books are I mean, I I I just I was so immersed in that period that that I knew all of the Western writers and stuff. And the ones that a lot of people would dismiss as just, you know, trash Western were some of my favorites. Yes, and and the idea is that I don't think we can sit down and ever agree on a top ten. Exactly. Right? I mean, because it's so uh, it's subjective. subjective. Yeah. And and so that's not what we were trying to do. This was, you know, there's tons of top ten lists out there, and for me, they're they're kind of a little useless. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what I want is why did you like this book? Exactly. Why did you like this movie? Why did it move you? Um, and that's what will make me go and, and seek that specific book out. Well, I've got something for you to think about, and this is this is something that I just started doing recently uh, because my my love of books is makes me crazy. But I've started <laughs> collecting the old westerns, and by old westerns I mean uh, Sarah uh, Owen Weiser, The Virginian, and before. Mm-hmm. And that era, you know, which includes like Eugene Mandel's Rhodes and Zane Gray. But the amazing thing is, you know, uh, 
Owen Weiser didn't uh, invent the Western. They were writing some magnificent stuff before then. It was mostly just marketed as ranch romances and dismissed. And there yeah. are some wonderful, wonderful books out there. In fact, that could be your next 52. <laughs> yes, it could. Um, I think uh, we're, we're probably beyond uh, the, the next 52. I mean, we did have uh, uh, grand plans for 52 spaghetti westerns and, you know, <laughs> 52, you know, all kinds of things because the, the possibilities are endless. Sure. But quite frankly, the amount of time it takes mm-hmm. to do that type of work is a, a, for a labor of love. I think if I started another one, my wife would come after me with a carving knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to make a living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me think here. Let me just kind of diverse here. Uh, we know that you're you're a novelist, screenwriter, TV personality. Uh, one of the fascinating things for me is your actual life. Uh, 35 years as a veteran LAPD uh, officer, uh, recognized behaviors and deception expert. And I had never thought about it in that way before that, you know, it's that uh, it, you're investigating deception and behavior and but one of the things because i also i listened to one of your interviews uh the uh uh authors on the air which I, by mm. the way that was a yeah. great wonderful interview thank you but uh the thing about you know to be having that empathy with the uh perpetrator or accused person but also having to be able to turn around and then work with the uh, victims and the witnesses, that is, it's just, the diversity that it requires is amazing. And I, you, could, you could kind of enlighten us a little bit on that. Um, you know, uh, I spent 35 years with the LAPD, as you said, and uh, for 25 of those years or more, I, I worked the investigative discipline of, of sexual assault, sex crimes. And for 20 years, I ran a unit of 30 detectives that uh, covered uh, 25% of the city, and we did everything soup to nuts from uh, indecent exposures all the way through sexual homicide. Mm, It's a very different investigative discipline um, because of the high emotions involved is is one of the main reasons why. But another reason is that so much of it is a he said, she said type of situation. And to try to get to the truth of that, we really worked hard to hone our um, interview and interrogation techniques. And it's not like you see on television at all. Um, (laughs) But this gave us a great success. Uh, My unit, uh, you know, bureaucracies live and die on on, uh, uh, statistics. And my unit at the end of the year had a 90% clearance rate for all of our sex crimes and the closest unit to us um had 64 percent wow that is that is most excellent (laughs) so my 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 feeling is if i was to come across that discrepancy i would go to the people who had the 90 percent and say what in the world are you guys doing because we need some more of this Mm -hmm. but this is a bureaucracy and and they look at this and go you know you must be lying we're going to audit you (laughs) and you know, it turned out, unfortunately, we were lying. We had a 90.2% oh. clearance rate. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which didn't please them, but they still didn't ask that specific question. Why? And we could have told them. It's because we spend all of this time 
learning to communicate with people. I now travel all over the country uh, teaching interrogation and interview uh, to law enforcement, mostly experienced law enforcement officers, and I go to all the police academies, and they teach you how to drive fast, shoot straight, and just enough of the local penal code to get in trouble. <laughs> but but they, there's not a single class anywhere in communication. Hmm. Well, what's, you know, 50, 90% plus of our job is talking to people. And I feel that this is one of the big reasons why we have so many issues in today. We have a crisis in law enforcement because of this. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, I said, if I can take a 20-something detective and a 20-something suspect and stick them in a room together with two phones, they can text the interrogation back and forth <laughs> easier than they can actually do it. That's true. Uh, that, that that would be a sight to behold on true. a television yeah. show. That'd, that'd be a TV series. <laughs> oh, my God. Tech, tech crime. Oh, God. I'm beginning to sound like one of those get-off-my-lawn guys. <clears throat> no, that's, that's okay. What I'm talking about. That's us. <laughs> that, that's us, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, that, that, that leads my next question then, because the special assault unit, that was the sex crime unit. Is that, am, I, am I guessing right? Yes, that's okay. correct. Okay. That's, that's a very nice euphemism for sex crimes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that would be a fascinating title for a series. I think they already did it. It would. Because it's, 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 right, it's right in with what's being uh, on television today in, in the crime shows. It is very much, and, and uh, my latest novel, um, Lie Catchers, um, it came, it, Lie Catchers is all about interrogators. It's a, you know, the main characters are two top LAPD interrogators. And um, when I'm doing these classes, I, I began to find that um, a three-day class, at the beginning of the third day, I would have most of the more experienced guys come up and say, they'd be angry but not at me. They would say, why haven't we been told this stuff before? Because I saw that, and I didn't know what it meant, and that suspect got away, because it's not the ones we get that stay with us, it's the ones we don't get that haunt us. Mm -hmm. And I figured if my experienced detectives that I teach don't know this stuff, then my readers are not going to know this stuff. And as a writer, we're always looking for a specific niche that makes us different than everybody else. How did your and, how did your experiences as an LAPD officer and all of that you have done in that career? How did how does that helped you in your writing uh, specifically for westerns? I can understand the crime novels and so forth. Yeah, but. I mean for 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 westerns and or for any kind of writing. I mean my job with LAPD uh, and what I did uh, you have to spend an awful lot of time getting to know people. Mm. And most fiction writing is all about character. Um, and so understanding motivations, understanding what makes people tick, um, this was something that was a gift from the job that I received from doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this, so. that uh, reminds me of something that happened uh, to me when I was still living in L.A., actually in the San Fernando Valley, I got called for jury duty down in L.A., and it was a rape case. And that was an eye-opener for me because I, you know, again, most people's experience with courtrooms is what you see on Perry Mason sure. or, yeah. Law or, and Order, Law and Order yeah. you know. Yeah. And it, it was just so amazing how inept the whole system was down there <laughs> from the prosecution who who had the perpetrator who admitted that he did it mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, 
with no, but he had this fantastic story about that it wasn't really rape; it was consensual. <laughs> oh and, yeah, everybody has a fantastic yeah. story. And but what? what Just really, ask Harvey Weinstein. He's there, got a fantastic yeah, story. there you yeah. go. Yeah. God, what a story! But what really amazed me is we got when we were deliberating. We had people, one person who said, I live in that neighborhood. I'm going to go down there and solve this. And I went, well, no, wait a minute. We're just supposed to deal with what we've been given. And we had, and we had, but it boiled down. We ended up with a hung jury because I, I was not going to let this SOB off. And we had a jury foreman who during one of our breaks stated to me and another foreman, I don't believe a woman can be raped. Okay. And so we oh, were at man. a dead off. And I, I mean, yeah. that was an experience I hope to God I never experience again because it really shakes your faith in human. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And uh, when you, you see people just don't, common sense isn't all that common. No, no. Unfortunately. And there's not that much sense in it either. Yeah, for sure. We're talking with Paul Bishop. Uh, he's an author, and he's also the host of a new podcast coming up called Six Gun Justice. We're going to talk about that and much more on Amal Francie's Voices of the West right after these messages. Paul, hang on. <laughs> Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. 
Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. The wildest bronco of them all on the merry-go-round. Six-gun Dan was an old cow hand, a wild and rough galoot. His finger was quicker than your eye could flicker when he started in to shoot. We are back on Amal Frangie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander in Bunker de France, and our guest is Paul Bishop. He is one of the hosts of uh, the uh, new podcast coming up called Six Gun Justice. Paul, let's talk about that uh, particular uh, podcast. Uh, uh, we've There is the preview episode out already, and it's damn good. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, you and Richard really know what the hell you're talking about. It's succulent. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what he said, right? Um, but no, it, it really, really good. It, what prompted you to come up with this uh, insane idea of starting a podcast? <laughs> well, to be honest with you, it was uh, born from a crazy idea of two of our other buddies, um, uh, Tom Simon and uh, Eric Compton, uh, are part of a. Facebook group of ours called uh, the Men's Adventure Paperbacks of the 20th Century. Mm-hmm. It's a really active group um, with no drama. It's the only reason I'm on Facebook. <laughs> and they started a podcast called uh, Paperback Warrior to mm-hmm. talk about the Men's Adventure series from the 70s days. And they seem to be having so much fun doing it mm-hmm. that it encouraged Richard and I to go, well, we want to do something different, so let's you know roll over into our love of Westerns mm-hmm. and let's see if we can bring that uh, to a new audience as well. So for Richard and I, it was, you know, we kept goading each other on until the <laughs> finally we had to sit down and go, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and, you know, how much time are we going to have to spend on this? Da 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 da. Who cares? Let's just do it. There you right. go. Yep. And, you know, we also, part of it was, let's learn new, new technologies. Mm-hmm. You know, let's find out what's going on out there and, and keep up with the times and keep up with things. And it, the Western audience, it's always frustrated me because it's a quiet audience. Yes, it it's is. out there. Yes. Western sell still today. Oh yes. Um, you know the brick and mortar bookstores. They have enlarged their western sections. They don't give space to books that don't sell. Correct. Yep. So you know I take books westerns to a, to uh, the friends of the library bookstore and they can barely get them on the shelves before they disappear. Hmm. But you just don't hear that audience talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to do with the podcast, is, is bring that audience to the place where they can enjoy this wonderful uh, genre with others that love it as much as they do. Will you have guests on, or will it just be you and Richard? I think for the first season, it's just going to be Richard and I until we kind of uh, you know find our way and find our, our tone and exactly what the mm-hmm. direction is that we want to go. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, doing the preview show, that helped us a lot. We, we began to understand uh, a lot of things about how we wanted to schedule the show and, and the things that we wanted to accomplish with it. And I think we're going to continue to do that um, as we continue to overcome any you know technical mm-hmm. uh, uh, th- situations that we have. I mean, I sounded like I was at the bottom of the well in the preview episode, and we were able to uh, rectify that. And we we experienced something called audio drift, and we figured out why that was, and we were able to rectify that. And that was all point of doing a preview episode. But what we wanted to do with the preview episode, we thought, okay, let's just practice doing episode one. Mm-hmm. And then we felt, no, because when we get to episode one, then it's not going to be spontaneous. Right. So let's just have a get-to-know-you episode, and that's the way uh, we did uh, this episode zero or the preview episode. Oh, cool. Well, you know, that's, yeah. that kind of, it's like, our, I guess, if you, if we had a mission statement, it would be, you know, to quote, keep it to one word, it would be heritage, because we try to be about all things Western. Uh, we don't just do just movies or just books or just that. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show on the Gadsden Purchase. A couple of years ago, we did one on the Irish uh, in the West. We and did baseball. one on the Teamsters, mm-hmm. baseball in the West. And... We, get, we try to get authors on all the time because that's some of our most fun shows is getting people with uh, fresh viewpoints. Let me ask you a question about, about how did you uh, become aware of us? Um, well, when I was, uh, one of the things I was doing when we were thinking about doing the podcast was what's out there already? What, what do, you know, maybe somebody's already filling this niche in the same way that we plan to fill it. So when I began to look for Western podcasts, you guys were at the top of the list, mm. and and that's what you know made me contact you uh, originally. And realizing that your show was going to be different than ours, I always feel that there's room for everybody in a situation mm-hmm. of like Of course, that. of course, there, and, yeah. And yeah, I, I, so I, the, I was the more the merrier. I was in commercial radio for too many years, and everybody always talked. Well, you can't do that. That's too competitive. Competition, competition. I don't care. Uh, the more right. the merrier, you know, let's give different viewpoints because what Bunker and I say may be totally different than what you and Richard say yeah. and, and and so forth. I mean, th- this program used to be on commercial radio. Uh, its founder, um, who has since passed, uh, he, he started it because he was a, a student of Western history and just loved everything about the West. And uh, so he started doing a show about it. And one thing led to another, and uh, he had all these great people on, and I was uh, producing the program for him. Uh, And then I retired, and he retired, and we decided, let's bring it over to the Internet. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we did. And then he passed two years ago, and so Bunker and I have decided to uh, keep Keep the ball rolling, as it were. Yeah, it was like eight-plus years years on the radio, and now we're going into, I think, our third year on the uh, the Internet. internet, Fantastic. So you know, yeah, and this is this is the thing that, that my 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 viewpoint and opinion is that we could even uh, sit down with uh, you guys and say, okay, next Saturday we're we're gonna do Peter Dawson, and you guys do Peter Dawson, and we're gonna do Peter Dawson's, right? And it would be, be two, two different totally sh- different shows, exactly. yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And they would be, yeah. and they would both be good shows. I know that. Yeah. Yes, they would, and and. So the diversity of the opinion is is so so important, and 
you know, one of the things, you know, the podcasting world is, it's been around for a while, but it's still growing, it's still finding its feet, and Richard and I, one of the things we keep saying to each other is, can we do that? And we go, well, yeah, it's our show, we can do whatever (laughs) we want. Exactly. I think it's the future. uh, It's very liberating. Yeah. I have to stop sometimes and think, well, wait a minute, we we can't do that on radio. Well, too bad, this ain't radio, we can do it. Exactly. Uh, every once in a while, Harry looks at me askance because uh, I'm I'm kind of off the wall, and I and I'll never get I'll never get down on the floor. I'm gonna stay on the wall. But uh, but we have fun, and that that's oh, yeah. like like what you're saying, Paul. It, it, you got to have fun with it. Otherwise, why bother with it? You if know? you're not right. laughing, the I'm listeners a, I'm aren't. I'm very laughing. fortunate. I'm at a part in my place in my life where if I don't want to do it, I don't have to do there it. You, yeah, and exactly. And so even the things that I do, you know, uh, for work, for lack of a better term, are things that I want to do. Yeah. Uh, there's, there, I'm fortunate that there's no have-tos anymore. I am. my wife's honey-do list. I am, <laughs> I am more busy now that oh. I've reti- since I've retired than oh, yeah. I was when I was in the workforce, for God's sake. Oh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I complain to Harry all the time. I, I spend a good 20-plus hours a week uh, doing research for each show, and... I'm having more fun. I, I spent 30 years in the picture business, and, and when I got out, I thought, well, gee, there's no more fun left in life. I'm actually oh. having more fun now, or the most fun since I left the business uh, now. And we've had right. some. Well, I, I always say that, that you know, um, if, if this is retirement, I think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, or, or give us. Your airtime. I've got some times here. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. The uh, first show is going to is scheduled for the twenty fourth. We have uh, we've just upped that to the seventeenth. Seventeenth. Ah. Great. Okay, we'll correct and that because we we had such success doing the uh, the first two episodes recording them back to back. We figured, why wait? Let's get it out there. We're excited about it. Yeah. We might be the only people that are excited about it. But let's do <laughs> I it. I am. Uh, okay, now that's going to be every other week on a Monday, is that correct? Yes. And yep. at 8 a.m. Central uh, California Standard Time? That's it. Okay. Now, well, when all of this gets finalized, I'm going to ask you a favor, Paul, to write it out and either message it to me on Facebook uh, or send me an email uh, with the appropriate links, and I will uh, link to you guys from our website uh, in our partner category. Because the more the merrier, I say. Yeah, put them on a website. Thank you, and, yeah. and we're doing the same for you guys. Thank we're, you. We're, you know, we're mentioning you on the air, Thank and you. we're mentioning you on our website, which is uh, sixgunjustice dot com, mm-hmm. which is the flagship website for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see us uh, reviewing movies, uh, comics, uh, TV shows, all kinds of things, author interviews, all that kind of stuff is going to be on the blog. Um, we, we've turned this into the whole nine yards of uh, entertainment, and we're just having a blast doing it. Here's a guest idea for you if, when you, uh, if you decide to mm-hmm. talk more about uh, uh, comics and graphic novels. I, I like comic books. Um, if you talk about comics, Cullen Cutsforth yes. is one mm. hell of a guy to have on. He has himself a collection of 
all kinds of different uh, Western comics, and I'm sure his wife wishes that it would move someplace, <laughs> but that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah, and, and the guy the guy is young, uh, what, 30s, 40s, maybe? Barely, barely, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he is just so knowledgeable, and he uh, often partners up with uh, Bill Markley, and uh, uh, they, they've done a couple of uh, uh, compare and contrast books, one on the Lawmen of the West, Wyatt Earp and Bat Masterson, and then they did uh, uh, a comparative of uh, uh, famous oh, outlaws. Yeah. We had them on for two hours, and we oh still my. didn't get all of yeah. the book taken care of because they're just great guys to talk with and you'll have a lot of fun with them you if you're a member of western riders of america i know you can find them through there um yeah. and i'm sure we will yeah, yeah. Cause both uh, both rich and i are members of western yeah. riders and, and, and we'll, be, we'll be at a western riders convention this year in south oh Dakota. good i good. wish you'd been over last year we, we yeah had it here in tucson yeah uh, unfortunately and we were there oh you we were didn't know you guys then yeah ah, we were okay. there but we didn't know you guys then <laughs> yeah we were we were there doing interviews with all the different yeah. people we were, we were doing uh, uh, simulcasts. Uh, on I remember. I saw you guys channel. there, and it just didn't. The the, the <laughs> podcast wasn't even a germ of an idea at that point. <laughs> ah, there you go. Well, let me say this about Colin. We had him on, and did, we did the Western comic books. And Colin and I were like two little kids uh, <laughs> yeah. up in the bedroom yep. with all the comic books yep. spread on the floor, yep. uh, you know, arguing about whether. Uh, Straight Arrow was better than the Ghost Riders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we just did a review of uh, Gunhawks, which oh. is a seven-issue uh, uh, series on the blog this morning. So we love all that stuff too. We're you know we're into Western soundtracks, yeah, you know, the songs of Frankie Lane and, nice. and all of those types of things. Nice. So I think we're we're all you know just doing showing a passion for what we love. Yeah. And and that keeps us young and active and out of our wives' hair. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our founder found uh, it was very interested in music as well. He knows his opera, oh, knew his right. opera left and right. And the opera and experts would come to him. Yeah, but he wow. he, we, he would occasionally do a program where we would do the music of mm -hmm. the uh, the soundtracks of the of the westerns, and he would pick apart little bits and pieces. And, and really, it was a, a very informative process to um, to we understand to that. One yeah, we probably should. Up. I mean, I I understand music. Uh, I play music, but. To talk on that level of music is way beyond me. <laughs> and, 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 you know, movie music, yeah. uh, especially from the A-Westerns, yeah. uh, I mean, some of the, one of the greatest soundtracks of ever yeah. is the big country. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could, they, they've done it in concert. It, that's how good it is. Speaking of soundtracks, we've got to do another commercial break here if I can get Mr. Mouse over there. Get the track up there. Get the track going here. So uh, we're talking with Paul Bishop. Uh, he's an author and uh, a host of a Six Gun Podcast, Six Gun Justice Podcast. It's uh, debuting February 17th. At an internet spot near you. We will be back with much more of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West right after these messages. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. 
The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Polash Management Company today at polashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Polash Management Company, property managers you can trust. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show and may the odds be ever in your favor and have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Coming to you from the great southwestern United States. You're darn tootin'. Yes, sir, Bob. This is the Voices of the West. <laughs> And we are back on Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West, Bunker de France, Harry Alexander. Our guest is uh, Paul Bishop of the Six Gun Justice podcast. And uh, I always have to play that high chaparral theme there, that iconic theme, because de France was in 52 of them or more. And if I don't play them, he walks. That's right. I'm out. I'm (laughs) out of here. You know, uh, Paul, if you haven't got a theme song, maybe you could borrow that one. (laughs) 
And I, I want to I want to say one other thing. Well, when we went to break, Harry said something that I thought I've got to share this with Paul. He said, "I would really like to meet this guy." Mm-hmm. And I think that's a hell of a compliment. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I'd like to meet you too. And I think uh, you know the the wonderful thing is. You know, and trying to figure out how to do a podcast. Like you said, you've got to find some music, so we learn how to get music for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just listening to the way that you guys have put your show together and the way you do it, that informs us as to how we can apply some of those things to our show. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great community to be in, and the whole Western community is a very welcoming community. It is. Yeah, it just is. run amok like we do. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, usually there's no rhyme or reason behind what we do, but uh, it seems to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want I want to go to I want to go to your first novel, Shred a Shroud of Vengeance by uh, Pike Bishop, Pike Bishop uh, eight, 1987 <laughs> in the Diamondback series. And I, I thought it was really interesting that your next fifteen novels are all crime. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yes, and 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 that was uh, not necessarily by design because. Uh, uh, I was actually approached by the editor of the Diamondback series to, uh, per, you know, to do that book, and it was really a big break for me because it was my first novel, my first full-length work, mm-hmm. and um, but because of my background in law enforcement, uh, crime was a natural place for me to be commercially. Right. Well, it's a good way, you know. It's I, I love, you know, the the. Uh, series like the Diamondback ones because that's a great place for a lot of writers that are starting out to get some experience under their belt, get, to get published, and you know, to get some uh, creed. Yes. Or cred. Cred? Yeah. Street, and, cred. street cred. Yeah. Oh, I like <laughs> street cred. I mean, <laughs> you begin to learn your craft that way. Yeah. Yeah, but the movie, they called him Creed. Okay, well, whatever. Or, or did I get that right? It doesn't matter. Because you guys were talking about that on the one show. I, I listened to that show, by the way. That was, how, that was fun. How are the podcasts going to be distributed, Paul? You know, we again, that was something else that we uh, we had to look into. And, and right now, I think we are on all of the major uh, podcast feeds except for uh, one, which is just it takes them a couple of weeks to get you up. Oh, that would be um, Apple. <laughs> actually, we already made it on Apple. Oh, okay. Surprising <laughs> us. They picked us up pretty quickly. Um, and, and then, of course, we'll have a link to uh, each show on uh, the website, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can listen to it directly off the website, as well as any of your traditional uh, uh, podcast services. Suggestion, uh, think about looking at this place called Red Circle. Um, they do, uh, they monetize, uh, depending on the number of downloads and such, and lots of statistics there. But one of the other things is you can do cross promotions, that, uh, podcast promotion that you heard from move about movie zealots at the bottom mm-hmm. of the hour. Um, that's one of those cross promotion things. I cut a promo for his podcast. He cut one for mine and we just have a gentleman's agreement to play them, yeah. uh, in our show. And I'll offer that invitation to you too uh you guys whip up some promo and i'll be more than happy to pop it on uh our show and if you'd like i'll be happy to do one for you guys so yeah no that sounds uh that sounds great and a lot of fun and again this is all part of the learning experience and and beginning to uh uh, expand our repertoire and and to become part of the the community which Mm -hmm. is really what we want to do 
You know, there's another thing, area I want to go to, and because you brought it up, and I was not familiar with the term, uh, but I but I'm familiar with the group, and that's the Piccadilly Cowboys. Piccadilly ah. Cowboys, yes. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, um, how many times have you heard that the Western genre is dead? <laughs> yeah, every week. <laughs> yeah, every week, right? And and there was a time period there in in the early seventies when when popularity was on the wane, um, and these guys, known as the Piccadilly Cowboys, which were a group of a main core of about six British writers who had never been west of Piccadilly. That's where the term came mm-hmm. from. Um, began to turn out these uh, ultra-violent westerns, uh, the Edge series and, and many others like that. And they hit a vein of popularity that, that carried the western genre through that time period, um, which was then followed uh, in America by the adult western series. Mm-hmm. And, and now we've, you know, that has died out and we are back to the more traditional westerns, and we're finding that there's a huge market for those. Uh, you can tell, you know, the William Johnstone brand mm-hmm. uh, sells tremendously well. Um, and then Ralph Compton, uh, he is now a brand, and they're actually uh, uh, um, bringing that back this year, uh, starting in July. They'll start putting books out uh, under the Ralph Compton brand again. So well, there is a demand for these books on the market for these uh, this genre. I want Harry to uh, share which is something. Always surprising. You will also find <clears throat> in the, during the course of doing these uh, programs, Paul, that you will uh, find that you have a lot of listeners. From uh, on the international level, uh, because oh, of the podcast, <clears throat> we have uh, we have had uh, contact with folks in Iceland, in uh, Italy, in New Zealand, uh, where else? Uh, Canada, Germany, mm-hmm. Germany, and England, uh, who are listeners of this program. And uh, we met a gentleman last year at the Western oh, Writers yes. Conference here, Robert Watt. He's uh, an Engl- well, he's, he's Scottish. Scottish. He's Scottish, Scottish, but he's teaching political science, I think, in Wales. Edinburgh. And, and, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. In, in Wales. But anyway, this guy, he, he told us he spent something on the order of 20 years researching a subject that took, uh, that is a four, a, a three year, four, a three year period of time in the Apache Wars, Wars. and we had him on the show uh, from England, and unfortunately our our connection wasn't the greatest, but my God, this guy was so fascinating, and how the, 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 the Europeans just fall over westerns i mean they, it's incredible they know yeah, they know is. them in depth yeah they know them they know them probably much better than a lot the, of the americans American, do yeah and, and you know it, it's i yeah. know i want harry to share uh a thing with us remember the english writer that we had on yes Tell him about that. uh gentleemen from and i can't think of gary and i can't think of his last name now from wales he Gary Dobbs. Uh, th- yes. He happened to uh, find our podcast. This was when we were on com- still on commercial radio. And he uh, contacted us, and I booked him on the show. And, my God, he was so interesting to talk to as well. You know, and, and he, he not only does he write westerns, he writes other genre, but uh, he, he's known for his westerns. And 
he was a hell of an interview. Yes, we, we had, yes, it was. Emil and I had a ton of fun with the guy, and uh, you know he. <laughs> That's fantastic. He yeah. was a good guy. I've known him quite a few years okay. now. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, he, again, he is a part of our men's adventure uh, paperback ah, to the 20th century yeah. group on Facebook. Okay, okay. Um, there's a ton of writers on there and, and, and just big fans. And we, we have a blast on there. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, um, last year I came across uh, a collection of over eight, uh, close to 2,000 books of a guy that had been a collector of all of these things, Westerns and Men's Adventure, for years before he passed away. Mm. And his sister had just kept all these books. Wow. And wow. she reached out to uh, um, us uh, through the Facebook group and said, look, is there anybody that is interested in these things? If not, I'm going to throw them away. <laughs> and she, she happened to live within, in, within 20 miles of where I live, and I went over there expecting, you know, half a dozen boxes of, of books, and that was it. I walked in there, and it was like walking into Aladdin's cavern. <laughs> it, it was stuff that was, was, you know, just golden and pristine, mm, you know, mm, and, yeah. and she didn't want anything for it. She just wanted to give it away. Wow. That's great. So, At least they, they so were we distributed that, not to make any money on it. We just distributed that to the collectors through the group, guys that would appreciate this stuff, knew mm -hmm. what, what it was worth and mm -hmm. what it was about. And it was just it was just so neat to see this guy's books cherished in that way. Hmm. You know, Emil used to have a quote that he used to use over and over and over, and it's so it's so appropriate to to our, yours and our point of view. Uh, years ago, Dmitry Tiomkin was being interviewed uh, about how he was able to write such great scores for westerns, and. His uh, answer in his inimitable Russian was, a step is a step is a step. In other words, grass is grass is grass. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting because uh, uh, Tompkin was supposed to be the uh, uh, composer for the Magnificent Seven. Mm -hmm. And and he ended up in uh, having a uh, uh, scheduling issue, and that's why uh, it ended up in the hands of uh, Elmer Bernstein, oh, who, was, who was a child of Copeland. Yeah, they, they were all yeah. child of uh, children of Copeland. Yeah. We've talked about that one before. Yeah, yeah. We got to do our final commercial break here, where our guest is uh, Paul Bishop of the Six Gun Justice Podcast. He's also an author, but don't let that scare you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, he will investigate afraid, you. Yeah, I know. This is Abel Francis' Voices of the West. Uh, Bunker to France is here. I'm Harry Alexander. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities
memories that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallion.com or call 520-297-0252. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. B.O.W. Radio We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de yep. France. Our guest is Paul Bishop. And yes, uh, Old Western Radio Theater is on tonight at 6 p.m. Arizona time, Mountain Standard Time. And uh, we've got the adventures of the Cisco Kid and Pancho. Oh, Cisco. As went, as well as uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers starring Joel McRae. And uh, we're almost done with that series. Wow, we got to come up with another well, one. I've got many in the back pocket. I know, <laughs> you've got a big back pocket there. I do, yeah. I do. Well, let's see here. Oh, I wanted, because you are all over the uh, internet world as far as different sites, but one of the sites that I came across which fascinated me was the Biblioradi. Tell us a little bit about that group. <laughs> um... You know, uh, quite frankly, I don't know a whole lot about it. It was just something that I kind of oh. fell into. And and uh, I think it's an Italian group, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, no, I'm, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's, it's completely, there's two or three groups that are like that, and I really don't know a whole lot more oh, about okay. that. Oh, okay. That was one of yeah. those false sorry. trails there. That's all right. <laughs> well, you know, like you said, I'm all over the place sometimes, and... Uh, it, sometimes it's too much to keep straight. A little thin sometimes. Well, now this one I know you've got to be familiar with. It's the paulbishopbooks.com. <laughs> he better be. <laughs> yes, uh, I do remember that one vaguely. <laughs> that, that's my own personal website for uh, all of my writing stuff and, and uh, all of the eclectic uh, things that I'm interested in outside of Westerns. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, I'm going to, again, I, like I say, I 
I never know what I'm going to do or what I'm going to do to the guests. I have a list of some people that uh, in my research kind of popped up as people of importance to you. <coughs> I'm going to throw the names out there at you, and if you want to comment about them or disavow them, that's fine. Robert F. Dorr, Mort Kunstler, uh, Norm Eastman, Eva Lynn, I'd like to meet her, uh, Steve Holland. Yeah, um, all of those uh, uh, all of those guys are dead except for Eva Lynn, who's still around, and she is just a delight. All of them have ties to the Men's Adventure magazine mm -hmm. uh, between the 40s and the 50s, sometimes referred to as Sweats. Um, and, and Steve Holland in particular, uh, Mort Kunstler and Norm Saunders, those were both uh, uh, artists. And I think, uh, think Kunstler's still alive, too. Um, they, they provided the covers, those kind of garish right. covers for, for all of those magazines. And uh, that's just a particular passion of mine. Bob Doerr was a fascinating guy. I got to know him at the end of his life and uh, spent some time talking with him on the telephone. And he wrote just tons of stories for those uh, magazines, mostly uh, based on his experiences yeah. as, as a fighter pilot. Yeah, and uh, Bob Dies is a guy that, uh, or Dees rather, is a guy that uh, runs the uh, Men's Adventure magazine's websites, and he keeps that, the history of that alive. And he just recently did a, a book full of uh, Mort Kunstler um, artwork, which is just gorgeous, and another book uh, on, on all of the uh, uh, illustrations that uh, Evelyn posed for. And Evelyn and Steve Holland were probably on more covers um, than any other two models uh, ever. Wow. Um, more than Steve, Betty Page? What's that? More than Betty Page? Oh, yeah, more than Betty Page. Even. Wow, that's and, impressive. Yeah, and, and um, Steve Holland in particular became the face of a thousand paperbacks. <laughs> you know, he he was ripped off more times than he got paid for the I'll features bet. that he had. Uh, most famously uh, for the James Bama uh, Doc Savage covers. Oh yeah, and and many 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 others. Kind of so, the percent of his day. These are guys that uh, you know. I I love keeping their history alive. Yeah, uh, we are rapidly running out of time here, so it is time now for self promotion. Plug Shameless self promotion. Go plug, for it. Plug plug. Well, you know, we're, we're self, shameless self-promotion for the Six-Gun Justice podcast. Please come over and give us a listen. Uh, starting uh, uh, February 17th, our first episode will drop. Uh, Richard Prosh and I will be uh, talking all things Western, and we think you'll have a good time. You can check us out early at the uh, Six-Gun Justice podcast website, which is www.sixgunjustice.com. And you can reach us by email at sixgunjusticewesterns at gmail.com. It's been a blast, guys. You guys are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I really look forward to uh, talking with you again in the future and uh, supporting each other in our shows. We should, yes, and we definitely will. And, and I will be listening. Yes, and I will listen as well. Um, I will make a note, though, do not. Uh, attempt to go to a uh, and, and try a YouTube channel. We did that for a while, and they kicked us off. Um, I guess they, I guess they don't like cowboys and guns. So uh, well, we were already put in Facebook jail. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, apparently, oh, apparently welcome to the club. podcasts violate their rules of engagement or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. and, and it took us a week to dig our, you know, to shoot our way out of Facebook jail oh before God. they would believe that we weren't some spam organization. Oh so, you know, we were going, okay, you people are just killing us. <laughs> Where do they get to? I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's it. Paul, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. We really, really appreciate uh, your time. And thank you Thanks, for being guys. the first one in my tally book. Yes. All right, that's it for this edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West. Next time we get together, we're going to uh, talk about the movies of Kirk Douglas, who just passed at age 103. Until then, adios. So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.